Today's scripture lesson comes from the Gospel of John, chapter two of chapter twenty-one, verses one through fourteen. After these things, Jesus, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it. And now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and he jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire, that charcoal fire there, with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, a hundred and fifty-three of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. be seated. For my um, seminary education, I had the opportunity to attend Emory University. 
And so that is in the Atlanta area, and everyone knows Atlanta for one thing. And what is that? The traffic, absolutely. Uh, the city of Atlanta traffic is very hectic. You got to know kind of back ways to go. You need to know uh, what times to avoid what areas within the city. And so in my three years, I was able to learn some of that. You know, we had back ways in which we made it from our class building to our apartment complex during rush hour. Uh, we had different restaurants that we would go to based off of what time of the day we were trying to go and what day it was, uh, just trying to avoid all of that. And so being that I had that experience in my head, I like to think that I kind of know how to avoid the traffic in Atlanta. And Alyssa and I still have the pleasure, you know, years later, uh, to go and to visit different friends and family uh, that are in that area. Uh, I have people who I still get to visit and, and see uh, that are from the school that I attended as well as the church that I was a part of. Alyssa's got some friends that are in uh, different areas in Atlanta. And so whenever the time comes where we know a trip to Atlanta is coming, in my head, I start planning everything, okay? I start planning what time we're going to leave, and depending on, you know, if she's getting out of school maybe on a Friday and we're trying to get over to Atlanta fast, I think, okay, so where are we going to meet the individuals that we're going to uh, meet, you know, see, you know, what's a good place to eat, what are the different roads that I can take, this and that, right? Because I am trying to avoid the traffic at all costs. Or at least trying to avoid being stopped for 20 minutes. I'm okay if I at least go, you know, maybe five miles an hour compared to being completely stopped. But in my head, trying to figure all of that out. And there have been occasions where I have everything mapped out in my head. I've communicated that with everyone who is uh, going to be in this situation or this gathering. And let me tell you, I still end up staying still based off of because I picked the wrong road. It's inevitable, right? And when the, those times come, uh, I really feel bad about the situation because usually that means we're running late or we've let someone, uh, maybe we don't get to visit with them as long. And so I kind of feel that, that failure of trying to plan accordingly uh, in those times, even though um, it's Atlanta, right? I mean, there, what more can we say? Uh, but that, that feeling of failure still kind of creeps up. Um, and I think it's fair to say that we've all had fe feelings of, of failure within our life. Because there's one thing that is definitely uh, certain, or at least it is in, in my eyes, is that the life that we live is not easy. It can be hard. And so we have situations in our lives where we think it's going to go one way, and then it doesn't. And sometimes it's based off of, off of our actions. Sometimes it has nothing to do with anything we have done. But yet we still have those feelings of failure. We still have those feelings of, you know, hoping that for one thing to happen, to see it not. But yet, when we fail, when we fail... Um, we, we, we have uh, different opportunities. Um, we have uh, opportunities to uh, learn, 
a little bit. You know, we see in our scripture reading today, uh, the disciples, the disciples who uh, before they began to follow Jesus were fishermen, go out. They're going out on the boat. They're going out into the Sea of Galilee, which is a place that they are familiar with. I would imagine that some of these disciples in their head as they were going out that night were thinking, oh, I can do this in my sleep. This is, this is what I have learned to do. This is the area that I have uh, been a part of for many years. Fishing. It's easy. I know these waters. And then they go out, Peter and some of the other disciples, and they put their nets out all night, and they catch nothing. You got to think, we're talking about, like I said, fishermen who know this area, who feel confident about what they are doing and where they are doing the fishing at. And then they catch nothing. I would assume that there were feelings of irritation, there were feelings of, of feel, you know, feeling that they, they didn't do something right. What was it that I did wrong? Kind of what we talk about in that feeling of failure. Thinking that they would catch something and for there to be nothing. And as they're experiencing this feeling, as they're pulling up their nets with nothing in them, they see a man off in the distance. They don't really recognize him, right? They don't recognize who it is standing on the shoreline. But they begin being in conversation. And in the midst of this conversation, uh, this person who they do not recognize, they don't know who it is, tells them, put your net out of the right side of the boat. And so they do. And then all of a sudden they have a great haul of fish. Now, it's like I told the 830, uh, one of the, the cool uh, things to know about um, this uh, Sea of Galilee is that uh, there are primarily, right, two types of fish that are caught uh, most in the Sea of Galilee. Um, so tilapia is one of the delicacies over in Israel, um, and, in, and tilapia is the fish that they're probably talking about in this scripture. But they also caught some catfish, which they uh, would have to throw back because catfish is not kosher. And so for uh, all of these disciples who grew up in the Jewish uh, culture, you know, they're going to have to throw the catfish back. So as I told 8.30 this morning, not only did they get one haul of fish, they really got two, but they had to throw half of it back. They caught a ton, or two tons, all just by putting that net on the right side of the boat, listening to this, this person that they didn't know who it was. And then as uh, they continue uh, conversing, John, right, tells Peter, hey, 
this, this is Jesus. And we see Peter uh, jumping out of the boat, going to the shoreline to go and, and to speak. And then they come and they share a meal, right? They share a meal uh, from some of the fish that they've caught. And they never once ask, they never once ask, Hey, Jesus, is this you? But they knew it was. They knew it was, and they sat there and they ate. In the midst of this moment of despair, in this moment of disappointment, in this moment of failure, Jesus was there. And it's inevitable, right? We've already talked and, and stated, or, or at least in my belief, that, that life is not easy. There are days and weeks that uh, nothing seems to go right. Nothing goes like you were hoping. And sometimes that failure that you feel is no fault of your own. But our minds continue to tell us that we failed. Just how we are wired. But I believe in the midst of that, that we too have opportunities to experience Christ. We too have opportunities uh, where Christ comes and, and shows up in that failure feeling that we have. Because if, if we think about Jesus showing up to the disciples, let us realize that these men, again, I'll state, were fishermen, right? Some of these men, that is what they, that was the trade in which they knew. But not only that, these disciples were also the people who went and walked with Jesus during his ministry to the world, right? They're the ones that were present for the healings and the miracles that Jesus would perform. Some of them were there the night Jesus was crucified. And they were also there to see that Jesus was no longer in the tomb. We know that this is at least, right, uh, according to our scripture, uh, the third time that Jesus has shown up to the disciples since his resurrection. And so when we really look and see how they needed Jesus in their time of failure to, to teach, right? Jesus, it, it is the smallest teaching maybe that you, you can see, but he said, hey, put your net over here and you're, you'll catch something. And they listened. And they caught more than they could have imagined. And so if Jesus was willing to be present in the midst of the failure of these disciples and to continue to teach, 
it shows that Jesus isn't finished with us either. In those moments of hurt, in those moments of failure, Christ shows up. Christ shows up and continues to help us grow. Grow in a way that we may share His message, the message of love and hope that comes through His resurrection. So this summer, Alyssa and I um, had the opportunity, right, to go to Israel. And uh, one of the places that we got to see is the exact place uh, that this scripture happened. Um, They have a a church over kind of the rocks where it is thought that Jesus would have had breakfast with his disciples uh, towards the end of this scripture. As well as uh, there is kind of a rock that's on the side of the building that's a little elevated and um, right on the shore. And they kind of have it fenced off, right, so they can preserve the rock as best as they can and the places in which Jesus uh, has been. And so there's a little plaque kind of commemorating that this is where Jesus stood. And it, it kind of helps you visualize, you know, when we think of a shoreline, we're thinking uh, probably a shoreline that maybe we see in Gulf Shores, Alabama, or on the lakes around here, where it's kind of beachy, it's kind of flat with uh, the waterline. Uh, but that's not the case for this, uh, this spot. So, um, Say I'm standing like, we'll say, you know, this is the shoreline. So a hundred yards this way, but Jesus is elevated. Jesus is elevated and is able to uh, help the disciples see him right there. Help, able to project, right? Because if you're lower, sometimes it can be harder. Um, And at the Sea of Galilee, it's also uh, interesting to note that in this conversation, it's not necessarily easy to hear. The waves, uh, when the wind gets going, it's more kind of like a gulf-type feel rather than uh, a lake-type feel. Um, And so it it makes sense, right, partly why he might have been unrecognizable from the beginning, right, when they're at the boat, but yet he stayed unrecognizable even though they knew, right? He continued to teach, and he knew. Now, on, on our trip, uh, the trip that Alyssa and I took, uh, we had uh, different moments where we were able to hear devotions from different pastors who were on the trip at different holy sites. And so one of the uh, pastors had a devotion uh, of this site, and he had gone on this same trip a couple of years prior with his father. Um, and his father was no longer uh, with us in this world uh, any longer. He had passed away a couple years prior. And, and so Russ was sharing about this experience that him and his dad had here and reflecting on this scripture, this scripture and where Christ shows up and continues to teach. And as he was sharing, um, one of the points that continues to stand out to myself and my wife that we still talk about in the midst of our lives today is how we still, we still have moments and opportunities 
to learn. That Christ is not done with any of us. And so in the midst of our failure, let us open our hearts and our eyes to see how Christ continues to be present. Because if Christ was done with us, if we had learned everything that we needed to, why would Jesus keep showing up? What is there more to learn? Well, Jesus would keep showing up because of his love for us, first off. Jesus is going to keep showing up because there is more. There's more for us because God's not finished with us ever. And so as we continue in this Easter season to acknowledge and to see where Christ shows up. Christ does not just show up in the beauty of life. Christ does not just show up in the joyous occasions of life. But Christ shows up in our grief, our confusion, our frustration, and our failure. Christ shows up everywhere. And for that, my friends, I am grateful. I am grateful that in the weeks where you just feel like you've done nothing right, Christ is there. Christ is with us everywhere, always and forever. Because Christ loves us, and because God is not finished with any of us. God is never finished with any of us. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, Lord, we just give you thanks. We give you thanks for your love. We give you thanks for the hope but we also give thanks for the ways in which you continue to be present. And Lord, we acknowledge that in those moments where we do feel as if we have failed, whether it is our own fault or not, help us see you. Help us learn and grow. Grow so that we may continue to be your presence in the world today. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.